So they, are, are, so, are you are you top three bangers on side A? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. For sure. Me too. <laughs> I mean, they have to be. They, yeah. I mean, unless you're stupid. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> my, Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Phone was off, huh? Yeah, it was. Ah, there you go. I there he on. is. What? No, I've I've been here. I just you just been yelling hey into the abyss. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, you no, it was there. No, it was there. no, no, <laughs> no. It was it was there. Yeah. Uh, all right. This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different album from a different artist. We do all the research that nobody else wants to do and we find out all the secrets about these records and these bands that you're going to hear for the first time on this pod so uh go to itunes go rate review and subscribe to us on there follow us on social media at s9 radio my name is tyler and way out there hundreds of miles away is jeff she boy and, um what 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 are we doing today jeff what, what album are we doing today we're doing boston's boston So Boston formed in 1975 in Boston, Massachusetts by Tom Scholz on guitar and Brad Delp on vocals, Fran Sheehan on bass, and Jim Mazdia on drums. They currently have six full-length records, two compilations, and have sold over 75 million copies worldwide. But that one we're doing today is Boston's Boston. 
It's the band's first album, and it was released August 25th, 19, uh, 1975. It features the original lineup of the band with the addition of Sid Hashian on drums and Barry Goodrow on guitar. This is also the band's most successful album to date, selling over 25 million copies worldwide. Now, Jeff, what is your... Uh, I don't see. I don't know how. I don't know how right these facts are. The seventy-five million worldwide and twenty-five million worldwide. I don't know. I would. But, I would take those at, at face value because because of you know Boston's Boston being so popular, and then them being around for so long afterwards. I would. I'd be okay with it. Fair enough. Um, so then, what, what's uh, what's your origin story with uh, with Boston? What do you got? So. Um, I've always thought of Boston um, on the same level as Journey. They, they, Boston and Journey to me have always been the same. Um, don't stop believing. I still fucking I just I just don't I just don't like that song. I hate it. Yeah, I think I it's either. overplayed. It's arguably like the most overplayed song that's ever been in existence. And then, correct. More than a feeling, it's kind of like. More than a feeling is kind of like it's it's underappreciated little sister of, of Don't Stop Believing in that anthemic, <laughs> overplayed song title. But unlike Don't Stop Believing, More Than a Feeling is really good. And yeah, it is. I never, I never, I never gave it like its due. Until what really, what really changed my mind was when Girl Talk, the DJ, mm. the artist Girl Talk, used the beginning of foreplay. The, that yeah. bass part in one of one of his songs, and I, I thought that bass riff. I was like, "Holy fuck, that's so good! What is that?" And I, I saw that it came off Boston's Boston and the same album that had more than a feeling. But then even then, even then, I was still weary about more than a feeling until like we started doing the vinyl collection stuff, and I got Boston's Boston strictly because of foreplay. Long time, I wanted to listen to that. And then more than a feeling came on, and I was like, okay, maybe I can just like skip this, but you can't skip it on the vinyls. So I was forced <laughs> to listen to it, and I was just like, holy shit, dude, I'm fucking completely wrong. Boston's Boston <laughs> is so fucking good. More than a feeling yeah. is like, it's not even the same level as Don't Stop Believing. Don't Stop Believing is just not a good song. Agreed. More than a feeling is a very cheesy song done in a masterful way. Yep. Yep. So I, you know, like my origin story is more than a feeling for sure. It's the first time I heard Boston. Anytime you go out to fucking any bar, any social situation, any, any mall at some point you'll hear more than a feeling, but what really did it for me, what really did it for me was, was uh, the, the base part of foreplay in girl talk and that made me go back and listen to Boston's Boston and uh, <laughs> give me a new insight. So my, my origin story is every, I mean, not much like you more than a feeling is the, the gateway into this band. Everyone knows the song. I mean, growing up, my mom was very into classic rock. And so more than the feeling, more than a feeling was all was on the radio. So she was always listening to it. I think she, she might've had a, a greatest hits at some point, but I don't remember any other song outside of this, outside of more than a feeling. And then, you know, it was on guitar hero and it's just, it's fucking everywhere. Everywhere you go, that song is playing, but you never really know who it is. Like I, I, it's just, it's one of those songs. You just don't know who it is. 
And then you find out it's from a band called Boston. And you're like, wow, that's kind of a boring name for a band. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so that, that's kind of my thing. I've just always heard it. And then much like you, the, that bass line in the Girl Talk uh, that he sampled, that Girl Talk sampled, I mean, I know that, but it never was enough for me to want to go and listen to more Boston until you're like, okay, I'm just going to give you two Bo- the first two Boston records and just listen to them. If you don't like them, get rid of them. And <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up playing... I ended up playing the second record first. I just wasn't really paying attention, so I just threw threw the second one on, and I was like, "Wow, this is actually really good." I was really digging it. I texted you, and I was, I said, "Yeah, this is really good." And you're like, "Oh, you put the second one on first. I'm like, and you called me an idiot or something. And then I put on the first one, and it just fucking mind blown. I I just, I've just been so, I just I listen to this record all the time on vinyl. I I this week I listened to this record I think six times. Ooh, like it's it's this record is unbelievable, and it deserve this album is, deserves every bit of credit that it that it's ever received. It's it's fucking fantastic, so fantastic. So yeah, that's my origin story with it. And um, yeah, so what do you got? What's your first impressions on Boston's Boston and your biggest banger on here? What do you got? Um, my first impressions were I've never listened to this album through and through until we we did um we did the vinyl like collecting and that was the first time I really, I really heard this through and through. Yeah. And there were like three, cause only eight songs. And I think like four, three or four out of the eight songs I never heard before. So I was, I was like really surprised. And, and I, I think that side a of, of Boston's Boston. So just like the first three tracks, I think that's like yeah. arguably like up there in the greatest side A's like of all time. It is. I might, I might agree with you on that. It is so fucking good. It just, it never lets up and then it does kind of let up at some points, but it's intentional and it only is, it only lets up to lead somewhere else. And it's, and it's, and it's still good, but it's not as good as everything on side A. So it's, yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's weird. It's bizarre. I never thought, I, I never thought Boston. Like, dude, it's such a fucking cheesy name. Like, if, if somebody it's were to stupid. name them, if somebody now were to name their band after a very, one of the most populous cities in the United States, it's a cheesy ploy to help you get clicks faster, right? Like, to help you come mm-hmm. up in the Google searches or whatever it is. But, like, these guys, I mean, I have a lot of, I don't, I want, I don't want to say I have a lot of negative things to say, but I have a lot of, things to say about this group that make me want to keep them a little bit at an arm's distance because they're very bizarre. <laughs> it's super weird. Very weird bizarre. But, but dude, like I, 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 I think this is a, uh, this is a banger of an album, but my favorite song is foreplay specifically foreplay, but the, the whole track foreplay long time. Yeah. I, I think foreplay, I think that that baseline, um, I think that may be like one of the greatest baselines ever written. It's really fucking good. I, I I do. I think it may be one of the greatest baselines ever written. That walking, it's it's that walking baseline. It it's so effective, and just the and then everybody is just coming in, just like the drummers just hitting, just hitting the crashes, <laughs> and then the organ, the organ player is just like going off. It's just it's a wild opener, <laughs> absolute wild opener. But fuck, it's good. It's 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 not my my biggest banger on here, but. It's close. Like it, it really could be my my number one, but it's good. It's really good. Um, 
I don't know. What do you want to do? Should we get get what's, into? Well, what's your what's your what's your origins? I mean, I guess you kind of give your origin story. You asked yeah. me twice what my origin story was, but what's your biggest? Banger? No, but I I said what's your first impression? On oh, this okay, one? you're right, you're right. You did say first impressions. So yeah. So are you are, so, are you are you top three bangers on side A? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. For sure. Me too. <laughs> I mean, they have to be. They, yeah. I mean, unless you're stupid, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, my, my, uh, what am I saying here? My first impressions on this one. I mean, you got, you can't come up with a better opening than more than a feeling. And it's that, you know, the A side is just, it's untouchable. And like I was saying earlier, like even B side, all the songs are good. They're really good, but they're so overshadowed by A side. So you kind of forget about them until you're listening and you're like, okay, now I understand why these songs are so good. Or now I now I hear that these songs are so good. Um, but my my favorite song is um is Peace of Mind. And it, it was tough. It was tough not putting in that number two, but I, I had to do it because it has all of the the catchiness of more than a feeling, but just like expanded on and it doesn't sound as cheesy, but it might be because I've heard it less. I, I think that that hook, that super catchy melody and the vocal melody is it's unreal it it's so fucking good and it's almost like he does this like subtle way of of saying i don't know of the of, of you know singing that hook i don't i don't i can't even explain it because i know nothing about singing but <laughs> i don't know man that peace of mind is just that's my favorite that's that's my two b that's my two b okay all right all right so we're kind of we're kind of the same yeah um so I mean, should we should, actually should we just talk about more than a feeling? Because one, we already played it, and I we can both agree this is our number three, right? Yeah, that, that's. Then we'll go back to our three B. Um, okay. I it's just, dude, like the first thing you ever hear from this group, Boston, they're coming out, and th- this this group, and when I say the word group, they're not a group. It's just it's just a guy, and then he wrote a bunch of songs and tried to get hired and tried to get signed. And he couldn't, so we met another guy, um, Delp, right? He met yeah, Brad, Brad Tom, Tom Scholz is, is Boston, essentially. He met Brad Delp, hired him for like lead vocals and stuff. Couldn't get hired, couldn't get a record deal, never played a show, never did anything, just stayed in his, in his <laughs> literally his basement, his mother's yeah. basement for fucking almost a decade, writing music, and eventually got a record deal and hired a bunch of musicians to play on on this record and subsequent records. So Boston is essentially Tom Schultz with mm-hmm. a little bit of Brad Delp sprinkled in there yeah. because he came way after. And Tom Schultz is the main songwriter, plays you know bass, guitar, well, he organ. Played, he actually he played everything on this record except for the drums and the vocals. Right. But he did everything else, and then he ended up hiring a band to play live because there was no band this because they got there was no name either there was no name for the band they named the band after they were signed and before right before they played their first gig yeah this is a band that that had never even played a show before they got signed and it's it's, crazy it's funny because if you read a lot of articles and a lot of things online brad or not brad but tom um will talk about how he got all these rejection letters and there's one, you know, infamously he he framed from like Epic that was like mm-hmm. a really harsh rejection letter saying like, you're not good enough. And then you, you kind of feel sorry for him. But then you realize like, dude, you never even played a fucking show. I know. Like, you never did anything. Like you just sent a bunch <laughs> of tapes out 
and then expected to get signed. Like, what? What did you think was going to happen? Like, you didn't put any of your dues in your your, your music industry dues. You never signed. You ne- or you never you never traveled. You never played crummy shows. You never got paid nothing. You never skipped dinner. Like, you never did any of the things that make up what people think a band should be doing. Yeah, it and kind of so, makes you think. Like were they were they like a, a plant like a record industry plant? That's kind of what I was getting when I was reading more about them. There, dude, there's a couple songs on here like lyrically that I I thought like this guy's full of shit and I don't trust yeah. him. But yeah, that's what I've. Thinking but too. but more than a feeling is just this is this is straightforward, man. This is just this is just a really well written song. This dude, even the solo was boss. It's it's got a quick lead up with with Delp's Delp. Mm-hmm. Who do we know? Someone named Delp. Who do we know? Delp. In Delp, high school, I don't Delp. know. Amber Delp, friend of the pod. Oh, Amber yeah, Delp. Amber Delp. That's Amber Delp. Right, yeah. right? Yeah, that was Chris's cousin. Really? Yeah, yeah she was Chris's cousin. Yeah. Oh. Weird, right? That. Yeah. Well, not <laughs> weird. I just, yeah. Well, we went to the same high school, so it's not weird, but weird to think about. Yeah, because they're just two wildly different people. Personality, uh, everything wise. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I knew, I knew <laughs> her, but I never in high school knew, knew Chris. Which is so weird. We had a big high school, though. Yeah, I mean, I was friends with Amber too. Like, especially freshman year, I was friends with her a lot. I mean, I hung out with her a lot. But I'm mean, Chris. Obviously, I've known forever. That's not continue. I mean, even though you just said that's his cousin, that's not his aunt. That's younger than him, right? No, his his aunt is Kelly, um, who's younger than him. And then Kelly and Amber are cousins. So actually, technically, Amber is a second cousin, I guess. If I guess, kind of, or like a weird aunt cousin thing. I don't know. Yeah. Does that make sense? The weird aunt that buys like oils and 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 uh, candles, like in wedding crashers, for the crazy <laughs> aunt. Oh yeah. Um, dude, no the, more than guy. a feeling. More than a feeling. It's yeah, cool, more than a feeling, dude. Yeah. It's got a cool swell in, and and this song is fucking dumb, dude. This song is all dumb. It, the, adding like the claps to the pre-chorus riff. That is, oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good, and the transitions from the chorus to the verses are just. They're bootleg, dude. They're bootleg. They're not really well thought out. They're very, um, they're very prog in mindset, but yeah. they're not executed well enough. They're very, they're very elementary. The song is, the song is like very. The, the, the song is a very stripped down arena rock version of like, don't stop believing. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and just, just none of that cheesiness like you were saying earlier. Man, it's so good. Dude, in the bait, like even like the bait, like so Tom Schultz plays plays bass and if not all of these songs, and he also play, writes the song, lead guitar, acoustic, everything. Um, but even he, he has some cool licks in this. There's some cool like fast hammer-ons and shit that he does in here that are really mm-hmm. really cool. And and yeah. like above all else on this entire record of Boston's entire discography, this song perfectly demonstrates a what i like what i strive for is a perfect guitar tone i love this guitar tone and it's 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 vintage but it's not like mm-hmm. old and yeah, it's and he, yeah, it's sorry. it's rock and roll but it's not like too overly crunchy and distorted you can still hear everything you can still hear the lows the highs the mid-range i think this is the perfect guitar tone that, that's like damn well ever been yeah, you're right. And it, what's crazy too is that in the late 70s or early 80s, he he created his own guitar pedal and he got really into creating electronics and he even they he even has a pedal that is the Boston sound. 
And he created a whole company around that, around the Boston sound, which is so cool. It's so fucking cool. Uh, and he probably made a fuck ton of money too. Oh, that I'm is sure. a perfect sound. Yeah, it really is. And, and not just the, the electric sound, but the acoustic, the, all the acoustic guitars sound fantastic on this record. And, and then bringing it back to the bass playing, like he, it, what's really cool about him too is that he doesn't play the bass like a guitar player. He plays the bass like a bass player. But then he, like, that, that, that doesn't happen very often. Like, he's, I know he's, like, considered, like, a, a music prodigy or, like, a child prodigy. And, like, he studied musical theory. And, like, he's, he's like, a through-and-through through musician. And it's, it's crazy that he, it really shows. Like, it's one, of the, or it's one of those few examples where, like, one of those kind of people can write really good, catchy songs and not just make a bunch of technical babble. I, I did feel myself reading the music prodigy thing and thinking like, just because I'm jelly, you know? And I was like, mm-hmm. well, if you're a music prodigy, why don't you record yourself on the drums? Huh? <laughs> and so I, I uh, <laughs> you're that, that dickhead. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like that, 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 uh, what do you call it? That petty. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it, it would have been really cool if this was like a probot type of thing. Like he did. Yeah. Like literally did everything. That'd be fucking rad and just hired people to tour with him. But, um, <laughs> no, but like, that's, that's cool. Like he, he does, he does a fucking fantastic job at just not only being the lead guitar, but then also allowing Delp to do like, you know, like the, like the acoustic part that Delp did and then allowing mm-hmm. other people like Barry to do other ryth- rhythm guitar and lead guitar parts on foreplay long time and allowing the other person, I don't know who the fuck the person's name was, to play the bass on, on yeah. other songs. And it's just like, that's, that's cool that you can write these, these tracks, you can write really good stuff, but then you can also take a step back and let other people kind of put their own input in yeah. there. And not only, not only all the instruments and everything that he, that he plays on this record, but he produced and engineered this record. Like this is all, like that's a lot of work. That's a yeah. ton of work, and that that drives that that drives a lot of people like in the business crazy. Like I, I know, for example, Thrice, when they recorded um, uh, Alchemy Index, Tepe had like he he was going crazy because not only was he writing and recording guitars, but he was engineering and producing that record, and that's a huge. I mean, you you like that record a lot, and you understand like the div- diversity and the the intricacies of that record and imagine doing all of that, like There's not even no stepping back. Yeah. Like it, it would drive anybody crazy. And that's, and that's with the know. help of, of like modern technology. Yeah. And we're talking exactly. like that's with pro like, tools. Yeah. Like, like Tom Schultz wrote uh fucking foreplay. That's like the first song he ever wrote. And that's like, on, um, Oh God. <laughs> there he is. That was on, <laughs> you wrote that on like on a two track. Like, yeah, yeah. Th- same with more th- than a feeling. That was on a two track as well. To think that he can write these, <laughs> dude, I'm dying. <laughs> you are, you're dead. D E D dead. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. I know I could mute it, but I can't because <laughs> my hands are busy accentuating <sighs> my coughing. Yeah, you're always moving your hands, right? <sighs> dude, I don't even know what happened right now. More than a feeling is pretty dope. It's a love it song, really right? Good. <laughs> yeah, lyrically, there's there's <laughs> nothing too deep on this record, uh, lyrically. But um, this one was weird. I was it is it is a love song. How he's just he's so torn up about a lost love, and when he plays certain or when he hears certain songs, it just brings him right back and the reminiscing and how when the song ends, like everything just kind of crashes down. 
But then in an interview, Brad was saying that this was about an older cousin of his or a much older cousin of his named Marianne, who was just a very beautiful person or yeah. a very, very beautiful girl. And that kind of gave it like a weird, that a was, weird yeah, thing. that was, that was, that was gross. And then you kind of, and then did you read about a suicide? Delps? Yeah. Yeah. About how like he, he got caught for, got caught with a hidden camera yeah. in his fiance's sister's room. Yes. And then he committed suicide after he got caught. Well, it wasn't like right after he got caught, but it was... It was shortly after. It kind of seems like he was a weird dude. I'm sure he's a fucking weird dude. Like, after after coming off, like, Boston's Boston <clears throat> and making so much money and being so famous and... I don't know, dude. All these rock stars are fucking weird. All right, so we got anything else to say about More Than a Feeling? Nope. More Than a Feeling? Okay, uh, let's get into your to your 1B then. So, I mean, obviously, it's foreplay long time. So... You want to play a little bit of it first and then get into it. Um, how do you want to do this one? It's essentially two songs. First of all, when you say foreplay a long time, it reminds me of like that scene in um, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. So that's. Of course. That's kind of funny, I guess. Did this album come out after? After that Full Metal Jacket? I don't know. No. Because it might have. Let me see. Oh, excuse me. Full Metal Jacket. Jacket? Out, that's how I say it. Yeah. It's, uh, came out, that came out in 87. So yeah, way after this album. Yeah. So Full Metal Jacket okay. stole from this album. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. But yeah, foreplay, long time. I, I, I mean, even if you take out foreplay, which which I think is just unfucking touchable as an instrumental, um, yeah. long time's still good. Long time is still is still... It's still a fucking really badass song, and there's a lot of parts to it that I think are are really cool that I really dug into. But mm-hmm. if you want to play it first, go ahead because I got it queued up. How about how about we we how about we'll do we'll play foreplay right now, talk about that, and then we'll talk about and we'll talk about long time and play long time. Okay, sound good. Okay, sound good to you. Okay, okay. So here's um here's foreplay or just foreplay. Here we go.
There you go. There's a bit of a foreplay, the beginning mm. part of this song. It's, oh man, dude, it's so fucking good. <laughs> so what, what else? What else do we have on this instrumental part? It almost shouldn't belong, but it does. It's just uh, you, you're right. Like like some of the transitions on this album don't don't make a whole lot of sense. Like like even coming from peace of mind into foreplay doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's yeah. they're they're kind of two completely different songs. Like peace of mind going into long time would have been fine, but foreplay is just it's it's too it's too dirty. It's too hard rock. It's too it's too gritty for this album. And it's, and it's it's too proggy. It's just out there. There's no there's no rhyme or reason to have it. Just to have it there. I'm just like, but dude, it, that that like the drumming part is just coming in with this really broken up drum roll the entire time. Yeah, where it's not like a traditional drum roll, but it's still not like a fancy one. It's just barely broken up enough to be kind of like cool. And I don't know, man. It's just. It's so good. Like, so like, like even even online, I, I I read somewhere, I read on on Wiki or wherever it was that someone had wrote that foreplay is a perfect blend of like Zeppelin and Yes, and I I, I, could, I, I totally dig it. I totally dig. I, I could see the Yes, but not the Zeppelin. Dude, I don't see the Zeppelin. It is just as gritty. It is just as heavy. It is just as as nasty as some of like Zeppelin two to three and a half two era. Four was pretty gritty too. Well, After you, four was when they kind of well, you hate four, got, but like I two, love four, two to three for where sure. Is the, where is this four thing coming from? I don't because you hate four. We we, we always no talk. Sense. You like, always say like stairways fucking stupid and overplayed, and four opens up with like rock and roll and black say. dog. No, that's what you say. You don't like no, it. No, that's what you say. I think four is a fucking. I think four is your second best album. I think four is a fucking. I think four, four is leaps and bounds better than uh, three for sure. But you would still rank four as probably like their ninth album, so <laughs> that's fine. But yeah, dude, foreplay foreplay is just uh, it's I I don't know it's 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 one of those things you need to hear to fully experience because even as much as we can talk about how rad that riff is, it's it's better it's better because he wrote it or Tom wrote it on the Oregon on the mm-hmm. Oregon and the Oregon Trail. And when it comes in on the album, it, it's it's fine the first time, and you're like, "Wow, that's a really good bass line," but then you only realize that the bass is still coming. Yeah. And then the bass <laughs> drops. You're like, "Holy shit, that's even lower than I had an initially anticipated it coming in as." Wow, and it's so uncomfortable, and it's it it, it literally blows my mind every time I listen to it. It really literally. catches you off guard, catches you off guard, but it keeps you just wanting more of it. It's. It's so unique. It's so unique in itself. I, I love it. I truly love that part. And and this is also one of those songs that, or at least that part of the song, foreplay was a song that was written prior to the band. So it was actually written six years before this um, before this album came out. And uh, I guess it was kind of one of the first things he ever did. And like you were talking about earlier, he recorded it on a two track. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's even cooler. <laughs> like. It, to bring something that old into this band just seems very strange. and But then it makes sense, too, in the context of this record because it sounds nothing like the rest of the record, which was written at that time. See, like, this, is, this is what confuses me about this band. Is, is one, I love Schultz's is, uh, his, his tenacity. I, I, I love that he, just, he goes after it 
you know, for six years. And they, this was like one of the first full songs that he wrote was foreplay. And, and he wrote that all himself. And like, that was his, his baby, his mastermind. And I, I yeah. like that it, it ended up on the record. And I think sequencing wise, like it's just, it's absolutely fucking perfect. But, yeah. Because it, it, it does break up like the, I don't, I don't want to say monotony, but it breaks up the, the powerhouse of those three really catchy melodic songs and it, it does it so it almost makes like all the songs more exciting than the last because you have that break. You have this this weird this weird thing that is foreplay and it's just there and I don't know it it's it's really good. Yeah, there's there's, there's no way because like more than a feeling is arena rock. It's arena rock kind of at its best besides yeah. like some Queen stuff, which I know you also hate Queen like Led Zeppelin Four. But more than a feeling is all is like arena rock almost at its best. And peace of mm-hmm. mind comes in, and it kind of is like bridging the arena rock into like the hard rock category. But like, where do you go from there? Do you go back into arena rock? Do you go back into hard rock? And so, if you just had long time right after peace of mind, I don't think it would have been as effective had it not been for foreplay. You need foreplay there. But but again, like 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 I, I that that's where I don't understand this band and like lyrically. Not not really this song because lyrically I just song I don't give a fuck about this song lyrically. But I mean it's all the songs really. <clears throat> there's there's two songs on here that really got me though. There's two songs on here that really, really? got me in a, not like a like an emotional way where I was like oh my god I can't believe you said that but it got me in a way where I'm like is this guy doing a long con on me? Am I getting are you joking <laughs> my ass right now? Like that type of <laughs> that type of of, of lyricism because mm-hmm. they, they, we're we're talking one dude we're talking Tom by himself he is Boston he just hired a bunch of people Brad Delp which just happened to be there the kind of the longest and yeah. and it's just it's just I don't know man is is this is this a joke band did did like Tom just write a bunch of shit and just I, I don't know just, I don't know I, know. I don't it, know it's it's such a weird it's such a weird thing. And considering, I, I meant to bring this up earlier too, but um, it's weird because this is really the only, like, I feel really good thing that Tom Schultz ever did. Like, truly great thing was this one record. And what's even stranger to me was that, so, the like we said, the band never played any shows. It wasn't even a band. It was just Tom Schultz and Brad Delp. That's pretty much what the band was. And then they were signed to a six-year deal, record deal, for 10 albums. So yeah, 10 albums in six years. Which they never did, but they they were sued. They were they eventually got sued for that uh, by by Ep- or CBS, so I guess who owns Epic Records. But yeah, so I mean, how does how does a record label sign a band that has literally done nothing for ten records in six years? Especially that, after that's already like, denying that same band. I that's why I kind of think this is a plant. It's another reason why I think this ba- this band or Tom Tom Schultz was a plant. And it's not unheard of. I, I mean, don't. look at look at look at bands like the Monkees. They were clearly a plant, but they were more obvious about yeah, it. And I they, feel like they never hit it. Yeah, and I feel like maybe this is like kind of one of those instances where they the record label really tried to hide that he was a, that this was a plant, and then in the end they just realized, okay, maybe maybe if we did that, it would kind of ruin the whole thing. And I mean, things like that eventually did ruin record labels, like Milli Vanilli. Look at that, Milli Vanilli were huge. And then it came out that they were a plant and they were completely fake. And then it completely ruined their careers and one of them actually committed suicide. So were they ever really huge? I don't I don't no, know. No, they were no Millie Vanilli were huge. Yeah, no, they were they sold a shit ton of records. Yeah, no, they were they were very popular. They made their record label a ton of money. And they were 
flat out a plant. That, that's kind of what I wanted to bring up was that record contract because it seems outrageous for a band that done that has done nothing and never didn't even come close to writing 10 albums at all. So it's just, it's so bizarre that like this band and like even like journey, right? Like journey is, is, is what this, what I've always compared this band to is uh-huh. because don't stop believing. And then, um, fucking dude, I can't uh, wheels in the sky. No, m- more than a feeling like those two songs oh, are both sorry. like, are like bar anthems. But then, but you look at "Don't Stop Believing." That wasn't that was like 1982, 1981. Yeah, that was yeah, in the 80s. Like that was almost a decade after this came out, and I just don't. But that was also like a band who had already been established for almost a decade prior to that. True. That no, was that was like their sixth or seventh fucking album. That, that they, yeah, that they before did. that, that song blew up. And Which, Steve Perry wasn't even the original singer. He was. I don't even know what singer in that lineup, you know, how, or how many, I think they maybe had four singers over their career, but well, and, and, it was not and, the original. And journey had a lot of other hits prior to that. Like the, anyway, yeah. any way you want, oh, yeah. that's the way you need it. That's a cool riff. Though, oh, right there. I don't like, dude, I cannot, I don't like journey. I really don't like journey. <laughs> Like that riffage, that's good stuff. Oh right my there. god, do you remember when we met? Um, what's his name? Um, yeah, Randy Jackson. Randy Jackson. Oh, yeah, oh we met Randy god, Jackson. That was so and uh, stupid, we we're so who formerly played in Journey, yeah. formerly played in Journey. And our friend Joe didn't know this. And we told him, Oh, yeah, Randy Jackson's a uh, he's he's a race, he's an old race car driver, you know, go talk to him about it. And sure enough, Joe believed us, and he did. And Randy Jackson was super nice about it, he just played along. He said oh yeah talked about race cars and or nascar whatever the fuck joe asked him and joe looked like a fucking fool well this was this i mean for personally for me (laughs) this was at a time where randy jackson randy jackson for me was 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 one thing and he was just he was american idol american idol yeah At, at this time i had no idea that randy jackson actually was a semi respected musician and so when like in like in in my mind when we told Joe that he was a professional race car driver that's what made it so great because I thought he was just a face you know like I I not that like playing in journey is like anything to 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 write home about but you know that's that's something that's something I I just I where did I don't even know who came up with that idea of a race car driver I, it's just so stupid. It's so dumb. Like, why would a race car driver be at the NAMM show, a music convention? It's just one of those things where, like, we're, you know, we're, we're 16, 17 years old, and what's the first thing that pops in your head? He's a race car driver. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He, oh, he's the biggest. Yeah, yeah. Fucking oh, so stupid. Idiots. That was great. Um, anyway, let, let's get back to back to this band. Bad yeah. Company. No, Boston. Bad um, Company. Oh, that's the worst of the three, though. They're all the same. Except they're not. Um, and do we... Oh, so so let's... Do you want to get into Long Time, then? The second yeah, part of the song? Yeah, Long Time's dope, dude. Long Time's fucking rad. Those, uh, so, okay, so, like, there's a lot of... There's a lot of, like, staccato bass going on with organ sounds just sort of the noodling off on, like, the random mm-hmm. offbeats. Yeah. I think that's rad. And then there's a lot of like chicka chickas before the, when the chorus hits, before the chorus hits, all those chicka chickas. Oh, so good. Come on. Dude, like this is and pop then, punk in its the, infancy right here. 
the the chicka chickas, but the acoustic chicka chickas. The acoustic that's chicka what, chickas. That's what gets me the most. Like that that is my favorite part of this entire record. <laughs> are those acoustic chicka chickas? <laughs> the acoustic chicka chickas with the vocals on top of it, laid on top of it. Forget about it. It's perfect. It's it, you. That is literally the best part of this record for me. I wonder if that's like the first time we've ever heard like like chicka chickas, like like acoustic chicka chickas. No. Uh, maybe no, no, I uh, no. What you mean? Sure no, the Beatles were doing it or something. Who the fuck? Oh my god, here we go. I can't think of anything. So I'll just revert to the Beatles. The Beatles. Duh, duh, duh. Uh, and what, what's cool about the 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 acoustic chicka chicka is they do it a few times, and then at the very end, the last time, it's an electric. It's the electric guitar playing that part, and it's just like a such a great a great a great way to end the uh, the song really, and just. It's that build up into it. It's so good. Is there? I don't remember. Is there a long like interlude between long time and foreplay, or do you have a timestamp or anything like that? Uh, no, there's not like a long interlude. I think like the two minute mark is probably right about. Yeah, that's where that's where uh, foreplay ends. So yeah. Um. So yeah, let, let's. I'll just play long time and or part of long time, and here we go. little bit of long time so catchy dude it and just the 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 electrical the electric guitar leads on here i mean dude the, the way he bends those notes is just so perfectly placed within the song like he, there are moments where he's not winking but oh my god dude his 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 lead guitar playing is fucking top notch and he he never there's really never a moment where he like really winks to the point where it's it's distracting like it it's always so perfectly placed and it's so well balanced within the song 
and dude, this song is this song is perfect. It's an absolute perfect song. Melody, everything. <laughs> you can't fuck with it. Cannot fuck with it. <laughs> I love that part. It is so good. And I, I was I've been wondering too, and I and I looked it up, but I couldn't really find anything. But I was curious as to whether or not Brad Delt had if he did all like the like the harmonies or if it was just or if like the other guys in the band were doing the harms or if maybe like Tom Schultz was like that kind of crazy in the like in the studio and just recorded Brad Delp doing all of his own harms which I thought would be I thought I would be able to find something about it but I couldn't find anything cuz it does sound like he does harmonize with himself yeah i i i've i've so like listening to this album and then reading more about it i, I think that Tom pretty much gave Brad like 100% freedom to do all vocal melodies. And then if Brad yeah. wanted Tom to harmonize, he would have allowed him to, because you're right. It, to- it definitely sounds like Brad's harmonizing with himself, which is cool. I mean, it's not, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, It's fine. Cause they, he does it so well and it. It, it adds so much to, to the big, the big hooks, like in more than a feeling like there, there's so many, there's so many layers of vocals on that song, but it all sounds like Brad. So unless unless somehow Tom manipulated the those harms, but it really does sound like Brad. So I guess our best guess is that he did all of it, but which is really cool. I, I think that's Brad. It's Brad. It's Brad, bro. It's Brad. So your 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 big your biggest B your your one B is peace of mind. Peace of mind. Oh my God. Yeah. It it takes it takes the best of more than a feeling. Like I was saying, it takes the best of more than a feeling, and it doesn't make it cheesy. And I, I just, I love that hook, that hook. It's, it's almost like this buildup of a hook, but it's not <laughs> like he sings in a lower octave at the, at the beginning. And then the, the subtle difference of him going higher is it makes it for me. I, I think, I don't know. It, it's so good. And then I was reading more about it. And a lot of people at the time praised him for his range and, this is one of those songs yeah. where I, I mean, it really shows his range. So I, th- I think it's fantastic. It's super, super great. Here's my, here's my first, my first line of my notes for this song. And, and that I wrote, and then this guy, and I always put like quotations around guy because I do yeah. my fingers like I'm Italian, you know, and this fucking guy, this fucking guy. And then this guy starts off this song and it's not even fast. Or quick, <laughs> but why do I feel so panicked? Like why? Why do I yeah. feel like this? It's so good. That's 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 like the first thing I thought of when I heard this song. Is that why the fuck are you making me feel like this when mm. nothing you're doing should make me feel like this? No, it, not at all. And it, it kind of makes you think. Like knowing Tom Schultz's background was this like was this all? It had to have been all intentional. It has to. Like be. he knew how to how to you know, invoke certain feelings within people and write a song around that. I don't, I don't know. This is like some Beethoven-esque thing, right? Like this, like, like composing music rather than writing songs. Like that's, that's that's a difference between Tom Schultz and then like, like journey. That's, that's what's going on here. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And, but it, but what's also so weird is that this was the only time it ever worked for him. Like really worked for Tom Schultz. Well, you got because everything after this is just some of it's good, but a lot of it's not. To be fair, like he, like he needs 
dude, like, what if Tom Schultz hooked up with one of the great songwriters of our time, or not even our of like the seventies, mid mid to late seventies? Like, what what could have happened had Tom Schultz yeah. hooked up with somebody to push him? Like, like, you know, had he found his Keith Richards, had he found like his John Lennon, like what could have happened to this band? How big could this band have been? True. But, but also he was so talented in his own right that he doesn't need somebody like that. You know, but it's he, like, but he does like Keith Richards needs a, a Mick Jagger, but like, I don't know. Tom Schultz doesn't. He doesn't he, need he, that. He, he does he's need too that good. because otherwise he's a one-hit wonder. And yeah, Boston's Boston number two is good, but <laughs> like it's nothing compared to Boston's Boston. True. No, yeah. Like nothing Boston has ever done has even held the, like a light next to what this album is, and, yeah. and that's yeah. that's where this band. This band is is a one-hit wonder that bled themselves for far too long. Yeah. You're right. You're totally right. And they're still playing huge fucking venues, you know, because of this, this album. Yeah, because of this album. It's remarkable. It's really <laughs> remarkable. Dude, I'd fucking see this band if they played this album in its entirety. I, <laughs> I know care. I would too. I'd be so stoked. I'd be so stoked. Even though Brad is is no longer there, but I'd still see oh him. My God. Just to I, just to see these three songs, you know, more than a feeling. <laughs> Peace of mind and foreplay long time. I mean, those those three songs right there would be worth the admission price of like twenty dollars. Fact, twenty dollars to go see Boston. Sure. No, because they they're one of those bands that plays a lot of like the uh, the the summer fair, like this like the Orange County Fair and shit. They play they play shows like that. They do. Okay. All right. Like Super Tramp always plays those. So my mom always goes and sees Super Tramp. Dude, Super Tramp and Boston are not on the same level. Boston is is it's like comparing Zeppelin to fucking. But Super Tramp had Army. more hits. Super Tramp had more hits though. People don't know Boston their hits. only had like Boston only had like the one big one, the More Than a Feeling. But Super Tramp, like just off of Breakfast in America, they have like three or four hits. Yeah, but you're like talking like More Than hits. a Feeling is is arguably one of the most popular songs like, ever. Yeah, it's, it's up there. It's up there yeah, for I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, I would for sure say that more than a feeling may be not like the most successful, not the the best, just popular wise. I think more than a feeling would probably be like in the top 20 most popular songs ever written. That's a good argument. That's a very good argument. It's it's definitely up there with most <laughs> played, most popular. Yeah. I mean, it's along not, with along with "Don't Stop Believing," unfortunately, "Don't Stop Believing," you know, "Black Sabbath," "Iron Man," "Deep Purple," "Smoke on a Water," John Lennon's uh, uh, "Imagine,", Imagine. But jo- you know, yeah. "Johnny Be Good." Like a lot of these songs are, are just, or "Let It Be," the Beatles. Yeah, I mean, it's it's up there for sure. Or "Surfing USA" by the Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 surfing. No, you're laughing, but it's true. "Surfing USA" was. I don't know about, it's ta- huge. I don't know about twenty, but. It's uh, it's up there. Surfing USA is definitely up there. Think about how many bands have covered that stupid song. That song's stupid. Ah, oh, so good. Anyway, uh, let, let's play a little bit of Peace of Mind, and then we'll get more into it. So, here it is from Boston.
there it is. Peace of mind from the Boston's man, dude, those harms, those harms in that chorus, just the woos. It, it's, it's the, the, the woos. <laughs> they're so, they're so stupid, but oh my God, it, it just, it adds so much depth to that, to that chorus. I, I, I love it. Love it to death. That's an amazing song. Can't fuck with it. It's and then it starts out with the, the acoustic kind of chicka chickas too. I, as I'm telling you, man, like it's not this, this song is is not. It, it starts off not fast or quick or anything, but I don't. Do you feel like panicked? Do you feel like like rushed? Do you, do you I don't, just feel weird? No, I don't feel like that. I feel like it it, it picks up very quickly. So maybe no there's reason. like some for no reason, yeah. But it, it it does pick up very very quickly. But it doesn't sound bad. Like it's not done in a bad way at all. Like it, that that sequencing between more than a feeling and this one and the peace of mind is. It's, I mean, like if we're talking about like prog rock, like like I don't know, changing tempos, changing formats, changing mindsets. I mean, this is the most yeah. prog thing that they they've done in this album. Is is going from more than a feeling to this because it makes no fucking sense to go to more from from more than a feeling. And I feel safe. I feel at home. I feel relaxed. And then peace yeah. of mind starts up, and I feel like I'm getting attacked. Maybe uh, think about it this way too. Like uh, this is what just came across my mind was that the, these three songs it was meant to be that way like more than a feeling is through and through like a pop hit like there's no there's nothing prog about it there's nothing weird or uncomfortable about that song but then you you start with this song and like you said maybe it is a little uncomfortable it's a little weird and then it immediately jumps into it but i feel like that maybe is a small preparation for what you're going to get with foreplay because foreplay is just out of its fucking mind so, so I feel like this is like a, a precursor to that to help you unconsciously get in that mindset of weirdness, but not okay. to overdo it. So foreplay doesn't doesn't seem so out of bounds or so <laughs> out there for you. Maybe I don't know. Maybe no, that that's makes, completely that makes completely total sense. Crazy because because peace of mind is like a like a precursor to foreplay. Foreplay is is so. Is so out of the ordinary just because it's so heavy. But peace of mind is very much like that too. Peace of mind is very abstract for this album, for this band. Yeah. If not, if it wasn't for foreplay, peace of mind would be the most abstract song they've ever done. But yeah, I, I think that's solid. I, th- I think that's like a good preparation for foreplay. But we don't could even we, realize it's happening. Could we? Could we say that the A side is a perfect prog record, like a perfect? You no. Know, it's a perfect condensed prog record. Absolutely. Because it, it really, it, it has so many highs and lows and it's so trippy. The, yeah, it's, it's a fucked up. Because it's even, fucked even up. like peace of mind, like in much, in much like prog mentality. So like peace of mind, if you start the song at 3.50, I timestamp this. If you start the song at <laughs> three minutes and 50 seconds, which is already mm-hmm. a long fucking song for this time period. If you start yeah. the song at 3.50, you hear... And it's essentially a condensed version of this entire song. Like they just did an mm. entire song, and then now at three fifty, they're going to redo the same song that we just heard, but in like a minute and a half. And that's okay. that is that is fucking Prague and its mindset, like to a T. You're totally right. Dope. Damn, dude, what a fucking band. <laughs> what a what a what an annoying fucking band. Though. Like the, how how irritating is this band? This band's and so you know irritating. Like w- when it comes to like prog bands too, like normally prog bands have like kind of cool lyrics because they tell a story. This band does not tell a story though. Not at that's, all. 
Yeah, it's like some of the most generic lyrics, which is fine. But when you have something I feel like is more intricate than than you initially believe, like you got to have something better here. I I almost like attribute this to like like um, I mean I I'm a big Beethoven guy because I own well, I'm sure because you own nine symphonies on oh. Beethoven, so. <laughs> I'm clearly a big Beethoven guy, but like I attribute this to like what if Beethoven wrote lyrics, you know? Like like his yeah. his his symphonies are so intricate, they're so good, they're they will live in infamy forever. But like what if he wrote yeah. lyrics? Would they be just as good or would they be stupid? And that's that's kinda not that like like Tom is the nah. main the song not like Tom is the main songwriter <laughs> here. I don't know. I don't know what their songwriting process was like. But um, mm-hmm. you know, the music just doesn't seem to match the songwriting. No, it doesn't. What an unusual band! Well, really, so let's 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 band. get let's get into the songwriting. So there's two songs that really, that really, that really got me. One was "Rock and Roll Band," the the mm-hmm. fourth track, which is also my four banger. Um, That's my five B, but okay. I I my first thing was is, is this song a fucking joke? Like is this is this li- lyrically it has to be a joke? Is this song a joke? Like like this song is a typical song about the troubles of starting a band and roughing it out for the first several years. Yeah, writing in a van, and which Boston never did. No, never, never did. And then I, I think even Tom Schultz said like this is like an he was inspired by by Aerosmith to write this song because they went through all that. But he like he flat out said we never did it, but we. I wanted to write a song about it, so here it is. And but that was like, like years if, after this song came out. Did he just get caught yeah. lying? I, maybe because they they're probably a plan. Like I I really I really believe that this band was a plan, a record label plan. Dude, like this one song of the, fully like supports that theory. I really think it is because you're right too. And rock not, and roll only, band? Are you kidding me? The song title not, "Rock and Roll <laughs> Band." What's well, not on. even not even the the lyrics? It's the song itself. It's so straightforward, and it's not like it's very kind of basic. It, it almost reminds me of like the the boring rock of Chicago. Even though this is a really good song, because there is enough there to like yeah. keep you interested, but it has a lot of elements of bands like Chicago who are just super fucking plain old people, boring. And I don't know. I I, I think this was intentional, and it was meant to say that we're a plant. Because they are, I, 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 and as we've been talking over the last hour and a half or however long we've been potting, I believe it more and more now. Because this, there's no way this band is not a plant. Okay, I, I, I just, mean, I, I, I don't, I, I don't believe. It. And then also, and when you think about it too, like the the fighting between Brad and and Tom, and you know, just the all that stuff, like that even makes it seem even more like a plant. Like nobody was really seemed like really fulfilled by by the music, and they were just kind of doing it to do it. There was no real like passion behind anything outside of this record. I don't know. Well, that would that that would make sense because Brad, who had been hired to sing, now all of a sudden wants to write. Yeah, and it's like, no, bro, we hired you to sing. We hired you to to lead, not to read, as as the Simpsons <laughs> were in Wolf Castle. Oh, okay. That was a Simpsons joke. Not funny for those of us that don't watch funny TV like you. Well, I mean, I watch a lot of funny TV, just not The Simpsons. Um, not so, you know, it, it would make sense because if Brad was hired to, to just kind of be like a, a hired singer, then if he wants to start writing music, that's going to clash with the overall mindset of, of Tom. And, and But I, I don't think Tom himself is a plant. 
I, I think Tom just will take any fucking money he can get because of yeah. spending so much. I mean, g- given that the internet is feeding me accurate information. True. Uh, I, th- I think Tom is, is just a guy that's living in his basement for far too long. And Epic Records, who had already said, nah, dude, hard pass. Tom is like, what, so what, what do you want me to do? And then well, Epic I said, think it was- here, here's, here's an outline of what we need from you. And then Tom did that. And then got a record deal for 10 fucking albums, which is just well, crazy for a band that had never played a live fucking show. And mm-hmm. then they tricked and then they tricked everybody because Epic wanted them to record in, 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 in uh, it, it, I think it was like Hollywood or somebody or some, yeah. somebody. No, it some was in LA. They, yeah, they, yeah. They, Epic wanted the Boston band to record in LA, but they tricked them and then like wrote like fake letters that were like postage stamped from LA and then like tricked the execs just so they could record in the basement of, of Tom's yeah. house. And it's and just then, like, and it's, yeah, he recorded everything there and then he took all the tracks that he recorded, brought those to LA and then Brad sang on those in LA. That's what it was. It just, no, you're right. Like it's this, so this weird. seems, this seems like a fucking plant. And I think the plant is, is after Tom got that paycheck. I, I think, I think Epic offered, I mean, if, if I could just speculate here, you know, Which you can. I can no speculate. Yeah. I, I think I think Tom is is a legitimate musician who knows how to play music and he's totally. very talented. I think, but above all else, he wants to be a rock star, and he uh, because it's just it's so bizarre. But see, he didn't that, though. Like everything you read, he doesn't want to become like he never was in the limelight. He he kind of strayed away from it. He then why did, did like, he go to Epic shit. twice? Because Epic denied him once, and then he went. Well, back. I think it was. I That's think it so was fucking weird. But even Tom has said in interviews that that there were fuck I forgot the two guys' names. One of them was a manager who he ended up having a huge falling out with, and it was actually them who got in touch with Epic Records, the Epic Records, the second time. And after they got in touch with Epic that's when Epic signed him and he said it was all politics. It was all politics as to why they got, as to why they, the band got signed. And that leads me to believe he made some, he probably made some deal with the managers and the managers did their thing with the label, got him signed. And what I'm thinking is that Tom ended up owing the managers X amount of money and not paying them. So that's why there was that huge falling out between them, between the two of them, at least two of them, I think. And then eventually CBS sued, who CBS owned Epic, I guess, at the time. And then CBS eventually sued Tom because I think there was a lot of like shady dealings and a lot of like backdoor dealings that a lot of people don't know because there's no reason as to why all of a sudden, out of nowhere, CBS would sue them and all of the, all of the relationships between, between Tom and this manager like fell apart, like completely fell apart. Like there had to have been something like way more nefarious or backdoor or something back in the mid 70s yeah because it just doesn't make any fucking sense especially because like okay so like when you have a band that's already been established like van halen who have already been established who've already been playing shows who have been playing shows in la and then they get a manager and then they get a record deal if the manager at that point fucks the band over the band are already friends they're already close-knit and then fighting with the manager is one thing but this wasn't a band. This is one guy, Tom. It was Tom who hired yeah. a bunch of people, and then who's fighting with a manager. So that doesn't make any sense. That's not that's not in line of what we know as the rock star life. And True. So, and then, and then reading about it too, Tom was the one who had the falling out, not Brad. And then another thing I was reading that that 
supposedly led to Brad's suicide was Brad wrote a lot of a lot of it in his notes or like toward the end of his life that he was always the middleman between Tom and the other band members or Tom and the managers. Yeah. Like he was always stuck in the middle and he was it always like made him like nervous. It always gave him a lot of anxiety. It, you know, the depression and all that stuff. So it had it had to have been something way way weirder and crazier. I mean, you always got to kind of their fucking plan. Uh, you always kind of have to not always, but but you always should you should take like like last requests, last you know, like 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 deathbed confessions as yeah. as almost gospel because like what what do they got to lose? You know, yeah, literally nothing. Like you're gonna fucking die anyway. So like, what do you got to lose? So I I I, I totally agree when when Brad is is calling out things that kind of drove him to depression, drove him to whatever state of mind he was in. You, you got to kind of take that as, 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 as word, as, as truth, as fact. And yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I, I think that is, that is true. I mean, just like looking at the, looking at the overall picture, dude, Tom is in the basement for six, seven years trying to create something that, that would become Boston. Just can't, yeah. can't seem to do it. You and know, then also, after Brad committed suicide, uh, there was uh, Tom put forth a giant defamation lawsuit against his estate, and then eventually lost. And then that tried was, to refile the lawsuit, and then lost again. Or the judge was, decided that not was to a, even, that not was even a little it. different, though. That was because was that was because the Brad estate specifically named Tom as the reason why Brad committed suicide, and and, yeah. and, and was like, "Hey, he committed suicide because you're a dick." And then Tom was like, "What the fuck? Like, no, that's not that's not entirely accurate. That's not that's not right." And then he sued for the defamation, but it was ruled that because it was a suicide and because Brad had mentioned Tom in some capacity, and because the Brad estate did not specifically say that Tom was the reason for the suicide, but a factor up until the suicide, then that's why mm-hmm. it was thrown out. But that's that's just more it's like still a weird. It's a weird thing to even be brought up, but the, I mean, I don't, I, I don't blame, I don't blame the fam, the Brad estate for doing that, nor do I blame Tom for for trying to to, to rebut, rebut, rebuttal, rebute, rebute well, that. What is that the right claim. word? I have no idea. Re- <laughs> or to make a rebuttal, I guess that might be a way to, to say it. To make a rebuttal, to rebute. I, I don't know. Is that a word? I feel like every episode we have one phrase or one <laughs> turn of phrase that we have no idea how to conjugate in English. We can't, even we we speak can't figure it out. English. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, uh, whatever. That's that's cool. I I, yeah. I I I I too agree that not that I I completely agree with you. And this is a plan, but I I, I see it. And that, then again, like rock and roll band, like the opener for side two. Like I think mm-hmm. side one may have been like a good a good interpretation of what Tom wants for this band. Tom said, Hey, yeah. here are the three songs I want to bring for this band. I think this is what I want the band to sound like. And then side two is the record label getting their fingers in there. Because dude, opening a side two with a with the track title Rock and Roll Band. <laughs> it's so it's so come suspicious. On. And yeah. like this is not even like even though you're right, this is this is a fucking cool song, <laughs> but it's <laughs> yeah. so cheesy. Like it's every fucking, it's dude, it's every rock and roll sound that you've ever heard. And then they mm-hmm. they, they they put in like live crowd screams. 
And it's fucking goofy. It's stupid. This is just yeah. your typical rock and roll song. It's got, I mean, it has charm, unfortunately, but that's only because of like the dueling guitars. And overall, it's just very fun. And it never lets up, so it's always kind of like, it's always driving forward. But it, mm-hmm. dude, it, this is so fucking cheesy. It is. It is. That's. I mean, that's why it's my five B. Can't. It's. It's weird. It's all fucking weird, man. It's all weird. Dude, that last pick slide though into the, the so like, the last like three seconds is just this really like, and then. I don't dope. remember there. Fucking dope. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Plans. All right, so that was. Should we play rock and roll band or? No, nah, that's all right. I, I don't care about playing any more of these because I, I got a bunch of negative things to say about a lot of these lyrics coming up. Okay, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really care to play anything else either. I mean, not to say that they're bad because they're not. They're very good. Almost every song on this record is a banger. Um, so yeah, I mean, my my four B was smoking, so we might as well get into that, right? Yeah, or do you want to talk about something else? I, I have I have six bangers. There's eight songs. I have six bangers. Okay, I got seven of eight. But, okay. okay. Which one is not a banger for you? The last song, Let Me Take You Home Tonight. Not oh, to say damn, it's bad. That's my 5B. Because uh, you're dumb. Okay. It's always right. the dumb songs that you like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the annoyingness of the chorus. That, that's what it is. Is that all? Is that the only? I, yes. I don't Plus, get it. Plus, do the last couple minutes are fantastic. It double times into the outro. Yeah, what's not even on. the last? It's like Come the last on. thirty seconds. It's like the last thirty seconds that it double times, Dude, and then it fades out. Fantastic. If that was the whole song, perfect ending to an album. <laughs> but no, but in and so it's like this. It's a weird acoustic kind of style rock song, and the the I don't know if you you kind of picked up on this, but the hook of this song sounds so much like Afternoon Delight. I forgot who does that, who sings that song. But you know that song, right? Yeah. Yeah. For I Maker feel Man. like... It's what? From Anchorman. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's from Anchorman. But yeah, no, that, that that melody, that hook sounds so much like Afternoon Delight. So I wonder I wonder what the kind of... If there was a story behind that, but I couldn't find anything. But outside of that, I don't know. The song was... It's whatever. There's some cool drum fills, some right. cool little bass parts, but... Outside of that, it just didn't do much for me. Okay, well, because I don't like the afternoon. So, tra- track six and track seven, so Hitch a Ride and then Something About You are both okay's for me. Okay, I mean that's six and seven for me. Six and seven banger. But I but mean, six, what, what do you want to talk about here? I, I would like to talk about six because even though I don't like it, dude, the lyrics kind of got me. Like got me really? thinking. Okay. It got me thinking. Okay, so so on the surface here, we're talking. You know, like, there's a lot of death themes in this, right? It's very, mm-hmm. it's very opposite of what we know as, as Boston thus far. True, true. But then I thought like, okay, so the idea of death in the chorus, it, it's, it's coming off a little inauthentic. I, I'm not saying that he can't have these feelings, nor like does he have these feelings, but after listening to Rock and Roll Band and just how fucking cheesy that is, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a potential ruse that he's pulling here. And I, I think it almost makes sense to throw in a typical being in a band is harder than you think song. And I think that's oh, what totally, Hitch a Ride yeah. is. I think he's fucking fooling us, dude. I think this is not a <laughs> I think this is a bullshit song. I think he's I think he's phony. I think he's fake. Yeah, I think that's a good way of interpreting it, especially after rock and roll band. I, I totally, I totally get it. There's, there's nothing more, on this, more of a reason to think they're a plant. There's nothing on this album that that made me think that that he is deeper than than it than 
anything. Like he's superficial. No. Not that it's a bad thing. He's just that's just the way he writes. And mm-hmm. then the only other song that he kind of gets, I guess, like uh, a different face is rock and roll, rock and roll band. But that's like a two face. It's like a Joker. That's like a fake face. And then Hitch like Ride he, he comes goes, on. It's like pol- they're polar opposite songs, but they both feed into you know what makes a rec like a a classic record or a. I guess yeah, a classic record would be the best thing, best way to put it. Yeah, because Hitch a Ride is your typical. It's not your your last song because you can't end your your your, your album on a low note. This is you can't do it, especially and with this band. That's why Let Me Take You Home Tonight ends on that double time part because you have to end the, the, the album on a high note. Just because you started off with fucking more than a feeling, you have <laughs> to end it on a high note. But then yeah. before that, you can't put like your saddest song. There's just something about you is not like the saddest song. So the next step would be the song right before that, the Hitch a Ride song. I think that's like the sad song of the record. It is. You got yeah. to build. You got to slowly build it back up after you potentially break down the the layman. But I'm not fooled. I'm not fooled by this band. I'm fully on board with your with your <laughs> ruse now. I get it. They're fucking playing. <laughs> they totally are. They. I mean, I thought about I thought that before this, but now after talking more about it, like they're through and through a plan. One hundred percent. There's no doubt. There's, there's no, no fucking. fucking doubt. There's no way. He's a and there's fucking no way, plant, dude. And there's no way a band like this, a band like this, can sell this many records without a huge push from the record label. <laughs> like I can see a band like CCR or Fleetwood Mac who put out a shit ton of records, put out a lot of singles, a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of good stuff. And I can see why those bands sell a lot, but like we were talking about, Boston have one record, one like outstanding record, and that's pretty much it. Dude, we're like, oh my God. we're like fucking Kurt Loder over here. We are exposing things that people <laughs> never would have even dreamed of. I know, I know. We're the best. This it's pod fact. is the best. It's fact. This pod is the best. But all right, oh whatever. That's all the bullshit song. Let's get back into smoking. Okay, I mean, yeah, if you want to talk about it. This was this was like a uh, a more blues rock song where I really liked that that guitar riff. It was the only time where I felt like a really like bluesy feel come from him, which was awesome. Uh and then the bass line too, it kind of like walks along, not like foreplay, but it it kind of has that vibe a little bit. And everything is I mean, the chorus is super simple, but it's very catchy and then just kind of matched with the high guitar parts played with played along with the blues lines so good this so is good. um i mean this is like your your typical like rhythm and blues rock and roll song and it's but it's done really well i mean just just like blues music though like we 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 both love fucking blues music and we both love like delta blues and like oh, a lot yeah. of that stuff if not all of that stuff is damn near identical but <laughs> yeah. it's so good because of its uniqueness per the person playing it Mm-hmm. And and what kind of like what I like about this song is I, I I was listening to this and I thought, you know, this is a this is a transitional song. Like if I'm watching Boston Live, this is a song that they would play in between two bangers or this is a song that they would they would not end the show with, but this is the mm-hmm. song they would play before they end the show. Or this is a song that they would use to introduce all the band members because there's a lot Ooh, of yeah. there's a lot of room for soloing. Like, oh, on on guitar we have whoever I just hired, and then you know, <laughs> and like this is this is that song. Yeah. Like, this is the song that they could use to kind of tailor their show 
and then move the show along into any direction that they want. So I think smoking has like its place. And mm-hmm. I think like this boogie, like rhythm and blues rock and roll thing has its place in music in general. And I, I, I this, this song's fucking fantastic. This song is really good. And this is, is my, really good. this is my six B, but like, dude, like through and through, I could listen to this whole album all day long and not even ever get bored. I, this album is so fucking True. good. It is front to back. It's fantastic. And th- this song too has has organ solos, not just one, but two. Oh, dude, they're we got two organ so solos. So fucking dramatic fucking too. Fantastic. They're so dramatic. They're great. They're so, I, I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for the organ. I'm a sucker for the xylophone or 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 uh uh oh my god, what is the fucking name right now? <sighs> not a xylophone. Oh, the marimba. The marimba. The marimba. Yeah, yeah. I'm a sucker for that shit. And like I don't know, so throwing an organ, a good organ solo, good organ player, man, you just you got me, you got me hooked. This one was absolutely got me hooked. This organ solo is super dramatic to me because I don't, I mean, I don't like, I, I really like the organ, but I think I feel like the organ's cheap because nah, there's so many not as fucking, cheap as a regular piano. Uh, like you can get more feeling out of out of an organ than you can out of a just a normal piano. I don't or know. Even keyboard, I don't or even keyboard. I don't know if I agree with that because the piano is a very distinctive sound, and to incorporate that distinctive sound is difficult in all walks of life. But I feel like Oregon, you can, you can put it anywhere, and we've we've heard it in like jazz and rock and roll, yeah. hip hop. So it's, it's Mars a, Volta. Yeah, yeah. But like this one specifically was so fucking dramatic because you could hear the lows. And they were so low, and they were so like, Burr. and then mm-hmm. the highs were so high. So like that, that 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 contrast between the low and the high was so so vast, and that's what made yeah. it so. On the same token, they made it so cheap sounding, but it also made it so good and refreshing. It was, but that's another thing too with the organ is that it, it that's what makes it like such a great instrument is that you can you can make it do subtle things, but then you can make it really stand out. But with the piano, the piano o- piano always stands out. Like there's no getting around it. There's no, I don't feel like there's a ton of nuance with the piano, but an organ you could do so much with that. So many different styles, and it's not obnoxious. Well, I don't like, like the piano. That's I don't like, like the piano. I don't like the harmonica. Fuck them. <laughs> that's like so. that's like user error though. Like like the the you know the 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 margin for error on an organ is a lot wider than the margin for error on a piano. Yeah. Like, like if you if you play the piano well, I mean, and you're one of the greats at it, then you're you're gonna go down in history as as one of the greats in any walk of life. Like like, like it fucking like like a. A Regina Spector who can play the piano oh, so good, super well, even without her singing. Like it's just like any fan of any genre of music can listen to that and think, "Holy fuck, that's a really good, that's a really good tune." But not yeah. everybody can be in tune with a piano like that. Whereas the organ, you know, like fucking like everybody did the organ, so it's the 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 margin for error is a lot wider for the organ. I feel like I'm saying Oregon. An organ. Or, you you are fucking and irritating I always me. Say I always want to say it. I can't even think because it's pissing me off. <laughs> I don't want to say organ uh, anymore. Organ trail. The pipes. I'm gonna call them the pipes. The pipes. <sighs> okay. Uh, do we want to talk any more about smoking or? I mean, we've pretty much we've talked about everything. Yeah. Anthrax did I a mean, cover of smoking on their uh, on an EP from 2013. Oh, and smoking was, was banned. <laughs> Uh, the covers it's pretty good actually i like it 
the but Sad. the song "Smoking" was was banned in after nine eleven. It was on the the Clear Channel banned <sighs> list. What? Smoking's dope though, dude. Like literally, smoking's cool. It's just about smoking. No, it's really cool. Having fun, smoking dope, dude. And like they don't mean like try and mask it. They don't try and hide it. They don't try and like pussyfoot around it. It's just smoke dope. Have yeah, fun. They just they just say it. Just have fun partying. Come to our shows. <laughs> drink, smoke, dance, boogie. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like it's the fantastic. hook is like smoke, smoke, drink, 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 fight. Like that type of that type of fucking abrasiveness. It's so silly. So fucking silly. Yeah, dude. So that's that's uh, that's pretty much my main my mainstays. It's kind of funny because you came in hot with like the plant, the the record label yeah. plant aspect. I came in kind of like thinking around it, but not seeing the big picture. Whereas they are one hundred percent a record label plant. Yeah, I should say he is a one hundred percent record is, yeah. label plant. Yeah, and Brad Delp was unfortunately a um, a victim of the of the plant. So. Oh man, what a what a time! What a time to Damn, be alive! Dude, a talking true about true victim. Whoa, and how he took his life too was just fucking crazy. But I don't know. so like okay, so like if we can just real quick, like uh, how the fuck didn't uh, he wrote a bunch of letters, sealed them, laid them all over the house, bought grills, you know, lit charcoal grills everywhere, had time to put an exhaust or a dryer vent on the exhaust of his car leading up to the room. He was going to commit suicide in via carbon monoxide poisoning. And I'm just thinking like, dude, like, I don't know. It's such a weird suicide, such a weird thing. And I just think like, like nobody, like nobody like, like saw him sad ever. Like depression is not necessarily like that. Like you don't have to necessarily show signs of being sad to be depressed and have any sort of suicidal thoughts or ideations or anything. But there like was that. no change in behavior. There was no, like nobody thought, nobody thought twice when he, when he like didn't want the second slice of pizza on round table pizza night. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, after after knowing, after knowing that Tom was a, was a record label plant, I just, I feel like that, that, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it it's, makes it it's, all weird and, and just, suspicious in a way and it's almost like fucking murder to be honest like that's that's where i was getting at damn damn i'm just gonna say i don't care it was there was like, no foul play though there was no foul oh, play. oh yeah I the record label doesn't have fuck enough money to pay off what was it like like astoria police department some fucking bootleg <laughs> police department wherever the fuck know, he was living in new hampshire yeah some like little small town in, uh, in fucking new hampshire yeah like me myself and irene police department over here sure <laughs> oh yeah what a reference huh yeah, I don't know where the fuck that was filmed. But what if this was? What if this was a murder and the and and, and Epic just paid oh, off the department, dude? This could be it. Damn. I don't know. I mean, CBS. What, who owns CBS? Viacom. Yeah, Viacom's fucking huge. I don't know. Probably Disney. I mean, no, no, <laughs> Disney doesn't own Viacom. Viacom's its own entity. Not yet. But they're but they're one of like the biggest. They're one of the biggest in the world. Entertainment wise, they're one of the biggest in the world. So you never know. They got a lot of money. So uh, let's uh, let, let's give our final thoughts and then our rating, because I'm I mean we're we've exa- I think we've exhausted this one. Yeah, we pretty much beat this one to death. Um, yeah, for eight songs too. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, what do you got? Oh, oh, we we have our three point rating system where three is a perfect album, uh, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to, one is a bad um, album but give it a shot, and zero is a trash fire. So uh, what, what do you got for your final thoughts and your rating on Boston's Boston? 
Um, final thoughts. Um, honestly, I don't. Had we not been collecting records, I don't know if I've ever would have given Boston's Boston a chance. Maybe in like our pod format, we would have done it, but it would have been so far down the list that it, it would have probably been washed out. Much like Bush is going to get washed out. I just don't think that it's ever. It ever would have would have been given the chance that it deserves, and that's not that's not fault of like us or Boston. It's just we can't listen to everything, and so mm-hmm. I I think again this is just another another uh, point in in vinyls collectings side that this is just um this is this is allowing people to experience music from before their time in a way they never would have experienced it. And I'm glad because I got Boston's Boston for free on like a, a bulk lot that I bought like 500 records. It's like, oh, this, I'll give Boston a shot. This, this is back when I was just like pulling out everything. Yeah. And I pulled out Boston's Boston, time. Boston's two and Boston's three. And uh, I just, I was like, holy fuck, this is, this is pretty crazy. Same, same, yeah. same concept with like BTO, Bachman Turner Overdrive. I've always liked, oh I've always liked TCB. I've always liked mm-hmm. Ain't See Nothing Yet. But damn, I never realized like like these bands could bring it the way they did outside of their hits. I know, right? I mean, "Welcome Home" by BTO is a perfect song. Like, it's unreal how good that song is. And it's just, um, it's just, it's fucking bizarre. It's funny and it's weird and it's quirky because you and I have been listening to music, we've been arguing about music, and we've been playing music together for fucking longer than we've not been doing it. <laughs> I know. So, like, 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 literally, we've been arguing about music for since we were like fucking what sixteen years old for fucking almost twenty years. We've known each other for almost twenty years now, and we've been fighting about music for like almost twenty years. Yeah, like since day Seriously. one. And since so day it's, one, yeah. it's it's just one of those things where where we're like even we're still constantly going back and forth saying, "Hey, this is cool. You should listen to this." and we're still loving it. Like we're still, we're still going at it. And then even, I don't, I don't don't get out a lot, but when I do get out and I'm talking to people about things and, and, and they're saying like, Oh yeah, like Boston's cool. And I'm like, no, they're, they're not just cool, man. They're, they're really fucking cool. Let me tell you why. And now it's coming (laughs) even like, now it's coming like full circle to where like the kids are doing projects on Brian May. And he's like, yeah, I just chose this guy, Brian May. And I was like, bruh. So weird. Bruh. <laughs> he said it just like that, too. I'm sure. I, the first time I did, I was like, bruh. And he looked at me, he's like, what? I was like, dude, Brian, man. And then, then I went into it. But like, Brian, I don't know, it's, just, it's just cool. Like, music really, music really truly does. And it's so cheesy. It should be on like one of those wooden plaques next yeah, to Live, Laugh, live, Love. Yeah, Live, Laugh, Love. Yeah. Or life, life, Laugh, Hope, Boston's oh, Fifth. Hope. Whatever the fuck that yeah. bullshit album was. It should be on like a like a like a plaque. Like music does really bring people together, and it's it's it's, so it's, it's fun. It's it's fun to like talk to somebody about music, even though you hate everything that they love and they hate everything you love. It's still fun to talk about that with them because there's still a common ground of liking music. You can still find like we can still find something in everything. Our tolerance for music is so fucking high; it's ridiculous. I know. Even we even we even had some positive things to say about that Poison record, and that was one of the most <laughs> difficult albums we ever done. There was very little positive, but we were able to find some. some yeah, there are, there are a couple things there. Fuck me, a couple, that was tough, yeah. though. <laughs> that was bad. It was so bad. 
So yeah, you know, given all that, this is uh, this is just you know chalk this one up to experience. Fuck me, I guess, because I've waited this long not to realize that Boston's Boston is this good. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not a perfect album. It's not a perfect artist. I was yeah. to say band, but it's not really a band. But it's um, an artist. <laughs> like this, this is good enough to where I will. I mean, I still go back to this. I. Mm. I think I'm gonna do two point six. I think I'm gonna do two point six. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, very fair. I'll do two point six. So my my final thoughts, much like you, yeah, I would never really given this band a lot of uh, that that much of a chance had it not been for the vinyl for whatever stupid reason. But yeah, and I mean I've I've always known this band because of my my mom because you know she loves classic rock and it's just so weird and I've learned so much about this stupid band and how much of a plant they are and. I just I don't even know what to think. I think this is an absolutely amazing record. I I can't give it a perfect I can't give it a perfect three either, but I'm gonna have to give it a two point seven five, just because the last song, and rock and roll band really those are the only two reasons why, because rock and roll band is just so blatantly obvious that it's a plant that I I, I don't know, I can't take it for real for serious <laughs> for I can't take it <laughs> seriously. This one's hard. This is a hard pod. Sure. But uh, but yeah, so 2.75 out of 3. That that's what I got for this one. Ah, it's good. It I mean, I like we like we were talking about that A side. Side A is so fucking perfect. Dude, that's arguably perfect. like one of the greatest debut A sides of all time. Yeah, agreed. Agreed totally. You got anything else to say about this one? No. No, 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 no. That's it. You're all good. Yep. All right. So, uh, so yeah, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, that's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. Get out of here, you Get little pop here. act. Fucking Get the fuck out of here. Bunch of cucks. Bills are a bunch of cucks. <laughs> did you clap? I did, yeah. I did. Why you wouldn't should? I clap? I don't know. Why wouldn't I clap? Well, I need I, the claps. I could, I could think of four or five reasons right now you wouldn't clap. And what are they? Uh, airplane crashing into your house. There's an earthquake. <laughs> uh, Rupert ate poison. Um, oh, okay. Ryan fell down. He had to go run outside and watch. Um, fucking an airplane <laughs> crashed. I had to go out and watch. <laughs> Million oh, reasons why you wouldn't clap. Wait, wait. Are you like <laughs> overdosing on stupid pills or what's going on with you? But I will. What's say. going on with you? <laughs> what's but, going on? But I will say, I don't know. I, this is like a big fucking joke. This is like a big fucking joke. It was like a like a like a ha ha. Am I getting punked? Are you joking my ass right now? <laughs> so are, 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 so are you are your top three bangers on side A? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. For sure. Me too. <laughs> I mean, they have to be. They, yeah. I mean, unless you're stupid. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> my, <laughs> I've never had pink in my fucking life, and I don't ever plan on it because I'm not a disgusting fucking piece of shit animal. <laughs> like children, like wrestlers, like yes other people that get pink eye <laughs> wait, wait 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 hold on she's near my box set hold on one second oh you're gonna fuck her up <laughs> do you do you still file the box set like the the records away sideways so they're gonna fall out when you pull them out oh yeah totally because you you drop shit a lot 
I don't drop. Well, I drop like one record. That's dropping. No, to be fair, when you were out here, like you dropped like seven <laughs> things. I dropped two. I like dropped I, two when I was out. It there. was just it was just records. Was like you were dropping like fucking beers, <laughs> like phone. Remember, you dropped your phone like four times when you got it. I dropped my I dropped my phone a few times, but I didn't drop a beer, dude. Like I've never seen anybody drop as much no. shit as you do <laughs> in my life. Like, it was unbelievable. When I was out there last time, I didn't drop my beer at all. The the time before that I was out there, I dropped my monster. I remember that. Yeah, you like kicked it over, like you fucking clobber knocked it with your foot because you too <laughs> stupid to fucking open your eyeballs. But you dropped your phone like twice. You dropped at least one or two records when you're out here, just straight up I on the floor. Two records. Do- I dropped That's two a records. lot of fucking records. And they were mine. I've, I've and dropped they were mine. zero. I've dropped zero. And they were mine since we they started collecting. Yours. I've dropped zero. But did I drop a Mars Volta one? No, I didn't. It doesn't not. matter which ones you've dropped. You've dropped them. Uh, maybe no, no, I uh, no. What do you mean? I'm sure no, the Beatles were doing it or something. Who the fuck? Oh my god! Here we go. I can't think of anything. So I'll just revert to the Beatles. The Beatles. Duh, duh, duh. 